pen, get a pad of paper, and sit down and get ready to have a Bible study with me, Evangelist Len Paxton. I love you, and I look forward to you in the Bible study. Praise the Lord, and welcome to the telecast this week. Today, we are going to try to finish up um, a little five-week uh, series on the finished work of Christ upon the cross. Now, I realize that uh, basically due to the, the time element that we have, we have only scratched the surface of this great message. And uh, I want you to be looking forward to programs that will air in the future where we will come back to this subject. What we're planning to do um, after today's message is air uh, one or two programs regarding another subject and then come right back to the message of the cross, perhaps in a different uh, uh, way or format. But the main thing is there's been so little preaching on the cross in these last few decades in the church world that I think much of the church today is cross-illiterate. And that is the reason that many believers are having all kinds of problems in their lives and they seem to have a lack of victory and they don't understand why. Uh, listen, neighbor, the message of the Bible is the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the great privileges that it affords those who accept him, who receive him, uh, and become children of God, who are born again by the mighty power of God, well, we have benefits. And one of the series that we want to attempt to do in the future, uh, we want to deal with seven major benefits of faith in the finished work. Oh, hallelujah. And that's going to be an exciting series uh, that we will be coming to in a few weeks. Um, today, I want to talk to you for just a few moments about God's prescribed order of victory for your life as a Christian, for my life as a Christian. Now, we're going to start in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. We're going to read several passages of Scripture. And today I'm not going to take a whole lot of time trying to explain every concept that we will encounter from God's Word. Uh, that will, again, that will come in future programs. But I want to get a few basic points across to my audience today. And if you will uh, take the time to jot these down and meditate upon them, God will reveal so much to you uh, through his word. Amen. It's the word of God that we need. It's, it's the word of God. Everything that we believe, everything that we preach, everything that we teach, everything that we govern our lives by has to come straight from the Bible, the Word of God. And if it doesn't, then we're in error. Right now in the church world, because of the lack of preaching on the cross, much of the church world today has embraced various false doctrines. And there's all kinds of uh, Jesuses being preached. But the Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus of the cross. Now today we've got the money Jesus, the greed Jesus, uh, all different kinds of Jesuses that people uh, make up in their own mind what they want him to be, 
try to fit Jesus into their little box. But God is not who you think he is, or God is not even who you say he is. God is who he reveals himself in his word to be. He tells us who he is, hallelujah. And there's a lot of preaching and teaching in the church world today, especially the Pentecostal and Charismatic world, that they're, what they're actually preaching, as Paul said, they are preaching another Jesus, another gospel, another spirit. Because the message of the Bible, dear friend, is the message of the cross. So today, I don't know what kind of problems you're dealing with in your life, uh, I can guarantee you this, though. You know, some people would say, well, I already know about the cross, and uh, I, I don't need to hear anymore about the cross. And uh, my comment to that would be, you cannot exhaust the subject. And the church world does know a lot about the cross as it pertains to salvation and the born-again experience. But I'm concerned that we don't know as much as we ought to know or think we know about the role that the cross plays in our sanctification. You see, the effects of what Jesus did at Calvary are never-ending results in the life of the Christian. Those results continue from the moment that you're saved until the moment you go home to heaven. And our faith must ever be anchored in the finished work of Christ upon the cross. Today, again, in the church world, uh, especially in the word of faith teaching, we, we have faith in faith, or faith in words, or faith in obedience, and that's not Bible faith. Now, to be sure... Genuine Bible faith will produce obedience in the heart and life of the believer. But it will be the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer that brings about the obedience. And sometimes we get it backwards. We say, I gotta obey, I gotta obey, I gotta obey. And we try to do it in the strength of the flesh through our own self-efforts. And we fail. And we fall short because we don't understand the cross. We don't understand God's prescribed order of victory and how that victory is brought about in the life of the child of God. Well, that's what we're basically going to try to deal with in today's program. You see, you don't need faith in your faith. You need faith. The, the object of faith must be the crucified and risen Christ. Now listen to this statement. Proper faith, faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross, will always produce proper works. But proper works does not produce faith. And what we've done is we've gotten it backwards. We try to work our way up to victory. When we need to rest in Jesus... Put our faith in his sacrifice and let the Holy Spirit work out the victory. Now somebody said, well, that's too easy. Thank God. Thank God it is. Hallelujah. 
Because if you and I try to depend on law and works, we will fail before God. And it will be consistent failure. Oh, you might do good today, but tomorrow look out. But when the Holy Spirit is bringing about the works of Christ in you, that will be consistent victory. But the moment we try to go uh, uh, through our own self-effort, the moment we yield to the flesh, then defeat is produced again. And we have to repent, and we have to get back in line with God's prescribed order of victory. Amen? And that's what we want to look at today. So, I want to read, starting from the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, I want to make a few quick comments. I'm not going to endeavor to really explain this in this broadcast. But I want you to see in Romans 7 and 12, Paul said, Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. Now, so... We've, we've told you how that the believer is not under law. And yet Paul is saying here that the law is holy, it is just, and it is good. The law is God's standard of righteousness. And I want to say this. The law is the standard we'll be measured by. And that presents... You and I as believers with a tremendous problem because you and I in our own strength cannot measure up. And yet we must. The, the law, the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God is God's righteousness. And we must measure up to that, but we in ourselves cannot. Understand that now. In the 14th verse of the 7th chapter of Romans, Paul said, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. In the 15th verse, Paul goes on to say, For that which I do, I allow not. And that really should have been translated. I think the word there in the Greek is gnosko. Paul's really saying here, I don't understand why I'm failing. I don't understand why I do what I do. He said, what I want to do, I don't do. He said, I want to walk in the Spirit, and I want to obey the law, but I don't do that. But what I hate, that's what I wind up doing. And, and let, me, let me say this uh, at the outset of this program. The seventh chapter of the book of Romans is Paul as a believer. Many preachers have tried to say that seven Romans was before Paul got saved, but that's inaccurate. Paul was saved. Paul loved Jesus. Paul was born again. He's the great apostle. And yet, there was a struggle there between the flesh and the spirit. And it's always a struggle in the life of a believer between Ishmael, the fair work of the flesh, and Isaac, the promise. Oh, hallelujah. We love our fair works of the flesh rather than leaning on the promise 
The promise. What is that promise? By faith. Paul said, I don't understand. Now God would give him the revelation, give him the answer. But at this point in 7.15 of the book of Romans, Paul is saying, I don't understand why I do some of the things I do. I hate sin. No unsaved person is going to talk like that. He says, I hate these things. Whatever they were, the Bible does not say, and it's not our business. But Paul dealt with this struggle. Paul says in the, 20, in the 24th uh, verse, he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? This death. The wages of sin is death. The wages of the sin nature is death. Who shall deliver us? Verse 25, hallelujah, gives us the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where deliverance comes. That's where deliverance from the sin nature comes. That's where deliverance from acts of sin come. That's how we can walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh is by properly placing our faith, hallelujah, in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. That's what Paul's saying. He said, with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Romans 8.1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation, hallelujah, to them which are in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, we are not condemned, hallelujah, who walk not after the flesh, who do not walk by self-effort, but walk after the Spirit, properly placed faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. Hallelujah. That's walking after the Spirit. And that will produce in us verse 2 of the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. It says this, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, hallelujah, from the law of sin and death. Glory be to God forever. If you want freedom today, you can have it. If you want blessing today, you can have it in Jesus' name. But your faith has to be right. Hallelujah to God. The law is the moral standard of God, and we must keep it. But in our flesh, we cannot keep it. But there is one who did keep it. Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God, kept the law perfectly. So when we place our faith in Him, the, Romans 8, 1 said, when we are in Christ, when we are in Christ, God credits his perfect law keeping to the believer. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Now that doesn't mean that we're performing all the time 100% correctly. But we are credited. We, are, we have imputed righteousness. We are justified by faith. And we are in the process of continuous sanctification. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, 
I'd like to explain more about that, but I have to leave that for this program. Let's turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians 2.20, and I want to read you a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What a scripture. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ has died in vain. Now listen. If it were possible for you to take formulas or use self-effort or works of any nature to deliver yourself from sin, then Jesus did not need to die on the cross. Think about that. And yet we know it was absolutely necessary for Jesus to die on the cross. We know that we cannot deliver ourselves from sin. Man is always falling short. So how do we arrive at Galatians 2.20? Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. And this tells us something. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And that word walk means order your affairs, order your conduct, order your behavior. In the same way you got saved. Did you work your way into salvation? No. Were you just so good that one day God said, hey, I'll save you? No. You got saved by faith. The grace of God saved you. When you put your faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross, well, that's the same way we're supposed to live our Christian lives. Amen? Amen? Let's look at another one. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. And verse 13, Philippians 2.13, here's what the Bible says. For it is God which worketh in you. Hallelujah. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we here see how the believer is sanctified by God working in the believer. Amen. Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will perform his intended work in your life as long as you place your faith in the finished work of Christ upon the cross and not yourself, not your flesh, not your ability not your laws, your rules, your regulations, but in what Jesus did at the cross that guarantees us the help of the Holy Spirit who will conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. One more scripture. Turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. 
Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, For by grace are ye saved. Oh, hallelujah. Through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, who, the believer, we are his, we are God's workmanship. God is working on us. He's working in us. He's forming us into who he wants us to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So what role does good works have in the life of the believer? Should, should we do good works? Yes. Must we do good works? Yes. And it's not so matter of must we. It's not so much a matter of must we. We just simply will when the Holy Spirit is allowed to have free course in our life. Because the Holy Spirit don't produce no bad works. The Holy Spirit does not produce ungodliness, unchristlikeness. So the believer will do proper works when the believer has proper faith, thereby yielding to the operation of the Holy Spirit in that believer's life. Oh, hallelujah to God. Now, briefly, uh, we're going to have to come back to this subject. Glory be to God. I mean, this is deep stuff here. This is the nuts and the bolts of the gospel. Praise God. I want to give you two outlines. I want to give you two situations, if you will, as it would pertain to your life and your walk with Christ and your victory. If your focus is the cross of Christ, if the object of your faith is the finished work of Christ, then your power source for living will be the Holy Spirit. And the result will be victory. Now, I will say that again. If your focus is the cross, and if the object of your faith is the finished work of Christ upon that cross, that which he there did, then your power source for life will be the Holy Spirit. And the result will be victory, 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 hallelujah to God. The Holy Spirit brings victory to the believer who has properly placed his faith in the finished work of Christ upon the cross. Now, if your focus is the works you do, then the object of your faith is really personal performance. And your power source for living then is self. And the results will be inconsistency, defeat, failure, and sin. I want, I want to say that again. 
If, you, if your focus is the cross of Christ, the object of your faith, the finished work of Christ, then your power source for living will be the Holy Spirit of God and the result will be victory. But if your focus is your own works, your own self-effort, then the object of your faith, you might say it's God, but it's not. It's personal performance. And the power source that you have to operate from then is self. Because the Holy Spirit will not help you glorify self. And the results will be inconsistency, failure, and defeat. So if, if the believer is to have proper works in his life, see, let me, let me say this. The works that we can do as a believer, what do you mean works? Uh, church attendance, tithing, prayer, Bible study, all of these things are excellent. But they do not produce proper faith. And yet, proper faith will produce those very same good works. <laughs> Listen, when your faith is properly placed in the finished work of Christ upon the cross, you'll go to church more. I mean, you won't be satisfied, hallelujah, to miss church or to go once a week, praise God. I mean, the Holy Spirit will produce a hunger for the things of God in your heart and life. Hallelujah. You'll pray more. When the Holy Spirit is given free course in your life. But you're not using those things to earn you some standing with God. You already have a standing with God. Hallelujah. And it's in Christ. He's already given you a position. Hallelujah. We can't earn it. Remember this as we close today. I want to leave you with this thought. I said it earlier. Proper faith, faith with the proper object, the finished work of Christ, will always produce in your life the proper works. And you'll, you'll begin to walk out your faith. But trying to use works to produce proper faith will never happen. Amen? And as the weeks come uh, ahead of us, we will look into this more and more and more in the Word of God, and we'll see exactly uh, the different ways that the Bible talks about this very same subject. Amen? I want to have a word of prayer with you. Um, all of us, all of us, if we're believers, we are somewhere in this process. We are, we are to pursue the proper object of our faith, which is the cross. And get our eyes off of everything else. And believe that what Jesus did at Calvary was sufficient for every area of need in our lives. Amen, Father. I ask today that you bless my audience. Father, that you cause your anointing to rise up within them right now and grasp, grab a hold of the truth of your word. Father God, place our faith. Help us to place our faith in what Jesus did at the cross, so that we too might experience victory. And I'll ask it all in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus. And the people would say, Amen and Amen. Now, as I said before, we just touched the very basic of the basics 
in these last five programs. And I'm concerned even that, you know, I did not articulate it as well as I could have. But in, I want you to keep tuning in because in the weeks ahead, we're going to deal with it over and over and over again so that we can have an understanding of the Word of God and our path as Christians. Amen. And the Bible is our, is our guidepost. Amen. I don't care what a denomination says or what another preacher says or who, what anybody says. We go by the word of Almighty God, and that will produce the desired results in our life.